This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to uh, Instant Reaction. Hell in a Cell 2020. We have ourselves a brand new WWE champion. I want you to keep this in mind with Randy Orton winning the championship, okay? Because I was thinking about this, and it was a very good ending, by the way. I didn't love the match. It was a bruising match. It was a violent match. It had a lot of big spots. You had both of these guys trying to climb to the top of the cell. You had McIntyre taking a big bump. But I did like the ending where McIntyre goes for the finisher. He misses it. RKO. Nice, clean victory for Randy. But I want you to keep this in mind. When Hulk Hogan first won his initial WWF championship, it was in 1984, okay? When he made his grand return to the WWF slash E decades later, his last championship was in 2002, okay? So let's do the math on that. 18 years later, the grizzled old veteran Hulk Hogan came back and won a championship he had no business winning, okay? Randy Orton's first championship was when? I mean, wasn't it 2004? So it's not quite 18 years. But 16 years since, Randy Orton won his first championship. And I get it. He was like the youngest WWE champion ever. And we're not supposed to talk about who he beat at SummerSlam. But he did beat somebody at SummerSlam for the World Heavyweight Championship. Here we are, 16 freaking years later, and Randy Orton is winning a championship. After Randy Orton lost his last championship, and I think that was to, uh, to what's his name? Uh, the, the, the guy who shouldn't have been champion. <laughs> the guy who was like uh, in the three-man band or the one-man band, and then all of a sudden he became champion. Jinder. Jinder Mahal. There you go. Popped into my head. I've got nobody helping me. I'm sitting by myself in a makeshift studio. When he lost that title to Jinder, I think that was his last championship reign, I thought to myself, well, that's it. I'm never going to have to see Randy Orton as champion. And here we are on this late October night, 2020, and Randy is champion again. And you know what my biggest concern about Randy Orton closing out Hell in the Cell 2020, becoming WWE champion is? My biggest concern is we're not done yet with Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre. And we're going to have to see more of this. And I, I really haven't been into the feud. I got to tell you. And as you'll hear throughout this podcast, I'm not just going to rip everything because I thought overall this was a really good show. And I think on full display, you've got two, two and a half excellent storylines going on right now. So we'll get back to Randy Drew McIntyre. We'll get back to Orton and his championship. But let's go right to the beginning of the night because the most compelling thing on WWE TV right now is Roman Reigns. That is never a statement I thought I would ever say, but I am fully a believer in the Roman Reigns heel character, 
And the story that is being told over the last month and a half or two months, whatever it is, with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso and now Jimmy Uso and the family that he's in, I got to tell you, has been very compelling stuff. Very compelling stuff. And, and normally, I would have a tough time getting into Jey Uso as a main event figure. You know, I'm a believer a guy should be built up. Like, I, I, how can I take Jey Uso seriously in winning the Universal Championship when his entire career has been in a tag team? You know, it's not like he's had some kind of singles run. This is really his first singles run. But none of that matters because we've had just a great story being told over the last month and a half. And a part of it is we are getting to see the best of Roman Reigns, the character. Roman Reigns, the wrestler, is fine. Roman Reigns, the character. Roman Reigns with the passion. Roman Reigns with the whole, like, you're going to call me tribal chief. I'm going to beat the daylights out of you and get respect out of you. It's awesome. And I mentioned this on the last podcast. I think the end game should be The Rock. I hope it's The Rock. I'm not necessarily sure it's going to be The Rock. But in the moment, in the moment... Roman and Jay have given us a couple of pretty good matches, but more than that, they've given us a great story. The end of this match was interesting because you had the whole it's an I quit match angle to it. Now, let me nitpick one thing. I don't mind the I quit match. And when I think of I quit matches, I think of Rock Mankind from Royal Rumble. And I know that was an insanely violent match, a match that if you watch now, you look back on and say, holy crap. Like, the real reason The Rock could never run for president is because they would play that match over and over. No, I'm just kidding. But it was a very violent, violent match with headshots all over the place. But what made, a part of what made that match great is the microphone. And I want to get into that because if you're going to have an I quit match, you got to have the microphone involved. And I understand that because they're in the Thunderdome, You've got kind of this mix of you can hear a crowd, even though it's relatively fabric and fake, but you also can hear the wrestlers talking to each other. And I do think that's kind of cool. Like even during the Orton McIntyre match, you know, I had Randy Orton actually dropping a doozy when he's like, "Uh, you know what? I'm kicking the big Scott's ass or whatever he said. So I get that you can hear the official asking Jey Uso, do you quit? Or Roman, do you quit? But I don't know. I think it would have added an element to the match to have Roman sticking a microphone in his face the way Rock did, saying, come on, Jay, quit. Do you quit, Jay? So, look, I admit it's a nitpick. It's not the end of the world. But I miss that. I miss that in I quit matches. I quit matches aren't that common. And they were even saying on the broadcast this was the first I quit match in a hell in a cell, which... Whatever. I mean, I, I, I'll get into this later, too. I'm not exactly a huge fan of Hell in a Cell, but whatever, whatever. The match was very, very good. And you figured that his brother was going to play a part in this only because he's been a part of the story over the last few weeks on SmackDown. But it was great. I mean, basically, Jey Uso never quits. Not that you need to keep him strong, but I guess it was just a part of the story that I liked that the only reason Jay quit is to save his brother, Jimmy. You had a good amount of violence. Roman looked like the beast he should be. I I wonder where they go with this. Does it turn into, you know, Roman in a triple threat match with Jimmy and Jay, and then maybe you kind of create a dynamic between the two of them where maybe they turn on each other? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, you could move Roman on to just a completely different story because I'm... Itching to see more Roman Reigns the heel. I mean, this is really, really working. And I know that maybe it's tough to kind of know if it's working because we don't have a live crowd. 
But I tell you right now, I love it. And anybody I talk to that likes pro wrestling or still likes pro wrestling, which is the key, they like it too. So I think the storyline was great. The match was really good. I mean, I think when they announced, and I I turned on, you know, between all the football going on in the World Series, I paused the World Series to, to do this podcast, by the way, not that anybody cares. But I turn on the event about three minutes before it starts. So I'm watching like the last couple of minutes of the kickoff show, and they say on the kickoff show, hey, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso is going to lead off the event. And it could have been the main event. I mean, based on the storyline purposes of it, based on how SmackDown is becoming the flagship show, it it could have been the main event. Maybe should have been the main event. But I think because we were going to have a title change, you want that to be the main event. So I thought in a way at Telegraph that either Randy Orton was going to win the championship or we were going to get a money in the bank cash in. That's what I took out of Roman and Jay being the opening match. But they gave him a lot of time. It was a hell of a match. And I am all in on Roman Reigns the heel. Now, let me quickly move on to the matches nobody gives a damn about. Elias against Jeff Hardy, I don't care. Disqualification, yippity doo da. What is this? WrestleMania 1? We got to end the match in a DQ? Come on, it's 2020. You have a match, you have a winner. But you know why it's not that big of a deal? Nobody cares, or at least I don't, about Elias against Jeff Hardy. The Miz against Otis thing. So the way I've watched SmackDown and Raw over the last few weeks with so much sports going on is I watch it quickly. You know, I jump around as fast as I can. I did watch the Law and Order, Law and Otis segment that they did Friday night, and maybe I'm in the minority here. I actually thought it was entertaining. I thought it was kind of funny. And, and it's obvious to anybody watching, I think, that Otis cannot have the Money in the Bank briefcase. If he does, you're wasting the Money in the Bank briefcase, right? You want to keep it on him that it's just a prop because Otis is not becoming champion. It would be stupid for him to become champion. It would make no sense for him to become champion. I was thinking like the only way it would make any sense is just an excuse to make Roman Reigns look strong. Like have Otis try to cash in after a Roman match and then Roman destroys him or something like that. But that would just be a waste of time. It wouldn't serve any purpose. So they were certainly telegraphing with that segment that they're going to get the briefcase on Miz where there's a hell of a lot more possibilities, and I'm okay with that. I mean, the only problem I have is, why the hell did you have Otis win to begin with? For shock value? It reminds me of that that WrestleMania when Zack Ryder won the IC title. What was the point? Like, I have nothing against Zack Ryder. I'm not even, I'm not insulting him. I'm just saying, if you had no long-term plan for Zack Ryder to be the Intercontinental Champion, what the hell was the point of having him win at WrestleMania? It just doesn't make sense to me. Same thing with Otis. But I did think Law and Otis was sort of entertaining, I must admit. This match was whatever. Obviously, they're going to start something with Tucker, who turned on Otis. Great. All right? Now Otis is where he belongs in a complete mid-card feud that has no bearing on the championship picture. And now you got something going on with Miz here. You could even kind of create tension, I guess, between Miz and John Morrison. But eventually, Miz is going to cash in. I mean, eventually, you know, I think Miz deserves one more title run. And I really thought, I texted this to a friend of mine who may be listening. I said to him, I think Miz is going to cash in tonight. I think it makes perfect sense. Because it makes sense to end Drew McIntyre's run. That, that's the thing I'm mixed about. And I'll lead that into the McIntyre-Orton feud. Like, it makes sense. Drew's had the title since WrestleMania. You're going to want to put that belt on a heel. That's usually what you do as you round third base and head towards WrestleMania. 
And maybe if you want to have McIntyre rechase the championship against somebody else, that makes sense. So when Miz wins the money in the bank, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This is perfect. Drew's going to win a hard-fought match against Randy Orton, have Miz cash in. He becomes champion. We could do a little Miz-Drew McIntyre program and go from there. That turned, spoiler alert, that turned out not to be the case. Uh, Lashley, retribution guy, whoa, I, I, I got nothing on that. Slapjack? Is that a joke? Isn't that what Jeff Jarrett used to call people he didn't like? Hey, listen, Slapjack. No, 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 it was Slap Nuts. That's what it was. And he was on the, uh, when, when I turned on that pre-show for the last three minutes, I'm looking at the panel, I'm saying to myself, holy crap, is that Jeff Jarrett? I remember when Vince McMahon basically wrote him off WWF TV after they bought WCW. You'll never see Jeff Jarrett again. Now he's in the freaking Hall of Fame and he's doing pre-shows. Nothing against Jeff Jarrett, by the way. I'm just pointing that out. So yeah, slap nuts is what he used to call the guys he didn't like. This is slapjack. Retribution has to be, for as brilliant as the Roman stuff is, Retribution has to be the dumbest angle the WWE has come up with in a long time. It is so stupid. It is so pointless. And then they're like jobbers. They're not even any good. Hey, we're going to challenge somebody from the, the Hurt Crew, whatever they call themselves. And Bobby Lashley beats the crap out of Slapjack. Wasted time. Sasha Bailey was great. I think we got to give that one a... A round of applause. That was probably the best match of the night, was it not? And what's cool is that they gave Sasha and Bailey all this time to build up the turn. We got the turn. We had this. Their first match since the turn is a hell in a cell. It's a great match. And we've got the right person winning. I guess the only, I wouldn't even say it's a critique. I would just say it's a question because I'm not really critiquing it. The only question I'd have is you put so much energy in a turn like that. You give it so much time. You have Sasha win. Was it, and should it have been at Hell in a Cell? I guess is my question. Should it have been at a B-level pay-per-view that's going up against the World Series? I mean, isn't kind of the payoff or a feud like that, shouldn't it be at one of the big four, whether it's Survivor Series or dare you hold it out to WrestleMania? Now, I know the feud's not going to go away. I mean, Bailey and Sasha are going to have a bunch of matches, I'm sure. But this felt like a blow-off. I mean, Hell in a Cell... The good guy wins. I don't know. It just, it was great. I'm not complaining. Just was the, the timing of it was a little bit odd, but a really good match. They pulled out all the stops. Bailey had an incredibly long title run, which adds to my point. She has this really long title run. She loses to her former best friend. That kind of felt like a main event moment, if you will. It could have main evented the pay-per-view, to be honest with you, if you didn't have Orton winning the championship, obviously. All right, let's get to that. So, I thought Miz cashing in on McIntyre made sense. That's what I'm thinking as I'm watching this pay-per-view while also watching the World Series in the NFL. I'm thinking, yeah, all those things completely make sense. You're thinking about Russell Wilson, Clayton Kershaw, and the Miz. But I'm thinking that that would just make sense because I guess I don't want to see Randy Orton as champion. And where they're probably going with it is not something I'm that compelled by. And I think where they're going to go with it is Randy Orton Edge. If they're going to have Randy hold on to the title 
for a long period of time. If Randy's going to hold on to this belt until WrestleMania, and look, we're, we're in late October. We're not that far away from WrestleMania. We've had a period of time now in the WWE where guys have, and women have, long title runs. You know, we're not in the Attitude Era anymore where title switch, title switch. Like, that doesn't happen. Um, Look at Drew McIntyre's run. Drew McIntyre won it at WrestleMania. We're sitting here in late October, and he finally drops the title. So if they plan on keeping the belt on him, that's what they're going to do. They're going to do Randy Orton against Edge, and I don't know. I wasn't that enamored by Randy Orton facing Edge at this past year's WrestleMania and Edge's grand return. They did have that great match at the greatest wrestling match ever event. Edge, unfortunately, got hurt. But when Edge comes back, sure, he needs to get revenge against Randy Orton, and that's fine, and they should have a match. But the beauty of Edge coming back, I thought, was getting to see Edge against other people, against guys he hasn't wrestled before. Randy Orton is somebody he's wrestled and teamed with many times before, so... If that's their plan, like, hey, we're going to have Edge Randy Orton again, except this time it's going to be for the championship. I don't know, man. That 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 really doesn't do it for me. But I'm not convinced that's going to happen because maybe Randy is transitioning this belt to somebody else. I don't know who. I don't know. I don't think Miz is cashing in on him. But maybe they just wanted Drew to kind of be the underdog. Now, that's usually the formula going into WrestleMania season. You want to have those faces chasing and if they're not gonna get the rock back for roman reigns maybe it turns into drew mcintyre winning the rumble and he gets you know roman reigns i I don't know i'm thinking ahead i'm spitballing what can i say i I thought the event though overall was pretty entertaining i gotta tell you i thought it was actually a pretty good show i mean when you go pound for pound on the matches you had an excellent opening match with a storyline that's been incredible with roman reigns jay uso you had a Sasha Bailey match that, you know, was just outstanding. It was great. The Miz Otis match wasn't fine, but you had something significant happen with him winning the money in the bank, and you had a pretty good main event. A main event I didn't love, but you did have a title change, which is a big deal nowadays. Now, as far as Hell in a Cell is concerned, I've never been a huge fan of this gimmick match. Because ask yourself something. What is so special about Hell in a Cell? And if your first instinct is to say Mick Foley falling off of the top of a cell, well, I would say, sure, that was great. That was also 1998. You know, there's a Hell in a Cell match every year. And in tonight's case, we had three Hell in a Cell matches. Uh, What is it really? You know, the cell is outside of the ring. So you need to go outside of the ring and then basically throw your opponent into the cage. Great. How many times can you see that? Even the climbing the cage bit that we saw with Randy and Drew McIntyre. We've seen it a lot. Like, I just, I don't think we need an event every year called Hell in a Cell. You want to whip out the Hell in a Cell the way they used to once every year or so as a blow off to some big kind of feud. I guess that's fine. So... I'm, you know, it's a good, I thought the show was really good tonight. I'm just not a huge fan of the whole Hell in a Cell gimmick. By the way, if you go to the archives of the Evan Roberts podcast, we have a Hell in a Cell retrospective that we did where we went over (laughs) every Hell in a Cell match prior to the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Because the pay-per-view cheapens the Hell in a Cell. I I can't even tell you the last five years of Hell in a Cell. I have no idea. But the ones before that? When they used to whip it out the way I mentioned to blow off a big feud, I can name a lot of those. There were a lot of good ones. 
It was special. Uh, it's not really special anymore. Now, one thing I, I really hope the WWE doesn't do, I say this every year, I'll say it again, and I'll be wrong again, is can you please not make Survivor Series Raw versus SmackDown? Most people, myself included, like I watch Raw, I watch SmackDown. I explained earlier, I go through it very quickly, but I watch Raw and I watch SmackDown. I can't even remember who's on which show, right? So if I can't remember who's on which show, and I feel like I watch it pretty pretty good compared to the casual fan, then why would I care about Raw versus SmackDown? Why would I care? I don't give a damn who wins Raw versus SmackDown. Give me... Survivor Series. Now, keep an eye on this. If they're going to keep the gimmick of champion versus champion, that exhibition that they've done, that would lead us to a very awkward Roman Reigns-Randy Orton match. Huh. Huh. Would they really give us that? So hopefully, it's a sign that we aren't going to see the kind of Survivor Series we've seen over the last four or five years. Anyhow, that's my instant reaction to the Hell in a Cell event 2020. Uh, You will not hear any of this during the week when Joe and I do our show, because we'll mostly be talking about, you know, real sports. But you can listen to us Monday through Friday at 2 o'clock. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.